This is Housebound. I'm Chris. I'm Holly. I'm Ashlyn. I'm Greg. And you're invited. Welcome to Housebound. This is a podcast that the four of us created because we wanted the company. In it, we talk about things that are on our minds for the day. And today we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, some of our elementary school experiences. Now, if you're just hopping into this as one of the first podcasts you're listening to, you're probably going to want to go back either after or even pause this right now and first listen to the episode where we talk about uh, post-secondary education and how that fits into Uh, us finding the jobs that we currently find ourselves in or the future jobs that we hope to be in. Um, Not because it's part two or part one of any specific set of episodes, but just because it helps you get to know us a little bit more, a little bit more in depth. Whereas this episode is just going to be a little bit of fun, uh, tell some goofy stories from what we remember in elementary or junior high, depending on where in the world we went to school. I don't know if anybody has anything particularly interesting that they want to just kick us off with. Ooh, me. Ooh. Um, So I remember very little of my life. I live very much in the present. And so (laughs) this is is going to be difficult for me because usually when I'm like, do you remember when this happened? One of my cousins who I grew up closely with is like, no, that's not what happened. And then she reiterates my life to me and that's how I know what happened in my life um oh boy (laughs) uh but there's two very specific things that I remember in elementary and they were both fights that I had so I fought a kid right outside the buses (laughs) once and I fought another kid uh in the pool once and I hit him in the face and his nose bled into the pool. And oh my gosh. the life, lifeguard was like, you have to leave the pool. Oh my <laughs> and I was goodness. Like, Don't tell my dad. <laughs> and then the lifeguard promptly told your dad? Oh, probably. It's a small town. So <laughs> I'm sure they called right away. Um, but yeah, that was just because uh, my mom passed when I was nine. And so a lot of elementary school was kids teasing me because I had no mom. Which is ridiculous, because ouch, yeah, it's like, so horrible. Yeah, it's maybe we brutal. should scrap the concept for this episode and just focus on like why elementary aged kids, elementary school aged kids, are complete jerks. <laughs> <laughs> they are terrible, oh, but yeah, dear. I like vividly remember those days. Good times. Well, for you, well. I mean, I was hurt at the end of the first fight, too, but I definitively won that fight (laughs) as well. (laughs) Oh, boy. Boys are wieners. Some of the kids at my school were mean, too. I remember there was, like, I was, um, I was not cool in elementary school. Um, I I was not cool in high school, either. Let's just clarify that. I definitely wasn't cool in elementary school, um... But, um, yeah, some of the kids were, some of the kids were mean. I remember, I, th- I don't think I've told the story, um, to you guys before, but maybe I have, um, but the captive audience at home may not know it. <laughs> um, for, in elementary school, me and a few of my friends got really into origami. 
and made... Um, <laughs> Sorry, I thought that was going down a completely different path. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I told you I wasn't cool. That was the preface for this. I feel like Super that into transition marijuana? was seamless. Oh, yeah. In elementary school. I mean, holy moly. Anyways, continue, please. <laughs> no, we were into origami. Um, and so we started making a ton of paper cranes, naturally. Um, and, uh, Remembrance Day was coming up. And so our teacher was talking to us and she was like, what, what have you made? Like, do we did the thousand paper cranes story where you make a thousand paper cranes and then you get to make a wish. And so we would do a thousand paper cranes before Remembrance Day and then we would get to make a wish and we would wish for world peace. Right. Because it's nice. the day to remember um, all the wars that we fought war for. Yeah. Um, and so me and my friends were like hardcore committed to this. So we had so many like paper crane sleepovers where instead of like staying up all night and swapping boy stories, not that we had that many because once again, we weren't cool. Um, <laughs> but we would stay up and pa- make paper cranes. And I spent just hours. My hands were so cramped. Um, making all these paper cranes. And then the janitor at the school got involved and he was like, okay, let's see if we can make some sort of a display at the front of the school for the Remembrance Day ceremony at our school. And so we ended up taking uh, dental floss uh, that had the mint on it because it makes it a little bit gritty and a little bit sticky. Mm. And so we could string that uh, dental floss through a needle and pull it through all of the different paper cranes and position them on the string spaced apart. Right. Because the dental floss kind of made it stick. Um, And so we had these long tassels of pure paper cranes raining down from the ceiling of the gym at the front of the gym for the Remembrance Day ceremony. All 1,000 of them. Crazy. Um, And it looked absolutely amazing. And so our school contacted um, a few of the... Uh, newscasters in the area to see if them any of them wanted to do a spot on like these kids making mm-hmm. these paper cranes, and so the Star Phoenix came out to take a photo of all the paper cranes and get a little blurb about what our school was doing. And uh, a girl from my class that I did not have a good relationship with, <laughs> I found that she was quite mean to me. Uh, found this Star Phoenix guy. And told him that she made the thousand paper cranes. Because <laughs> no. he came before the ceremony. He wasn't going to stay for the whole ceremony just to get this blurb. So she told him that she made the thousand paper cranes. And so there's a picture with her and the cranes saying oh how she did gosh. all this stuff. And we didn't see it till it came out Yikes. in the paper. Holy oh, crap. Like, <laughs> a couple days later. And we we're so ticked. Yes. <laughs> That's why world peace didn't happen. I'm convinced. That's why world peace didn't happen. <laughs> Kids, I tell you, just lie, lying for fame. Mm-hmm. That that fame should have been yours, Ashlyn. You know, who knows where you'd be now <laughs> if you had been the one on the Star Phoenix article? Like, I don't even know. I don't know. If you I was even hoping it would be an article. Stoop to marry me at that point. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you could have been a professional or I was hoping it would be an actual article, but all it was was like one of those like photos with like two lines of dialogue right. underneath yeah. it, and that's the whole thing. It's not an actual like page article all about 
this situation. It was just like a single photo on the like Remembrance Day page <laughs> of the Star Phoenix. But uh, funny. I was still upset. And also <laughs> And we have a snippet of it somewhere. <laughs> That's funny. Do you know where she's at now? Like what she's doing with her life? Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. This is not one of those call out <laughs> podcasts. Like we're not going <laughs> to... She works on, she works downtown. She works downtown at this dingy bar. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure she's doing quite well and uh, is likely much nicer than she was in elementary school. It's all because of the origami fame. No, no, that, that didn't, that didn't, that, I don't think that was the reversal point. (laughs) (laughs) She's got this deep seated guilt for her whole life. I stole the spotlight. It's helped teach her how to forgive others and to give others second chances when they don't deserve it. And no, Mr. Veggie Tales. Well, (laughs) Um, I I think for me, maybe like one of the the most memorable um, memories that I have from elementary school probably was around uh, the, the lunchtime hour. So like I know that like I don't know about you guys, but when I ever um, I had lunch at school. The biggest part of it would actually be the most excitement I had was like actually trading what I had for what somebody else had. I don't, right. know, I don't know if you guys had that at school, but like, oh, yeah. Um, and everybody would be <clears throat> pulled into the gym and that's where we'd all be sitting for our um, our lunchtime. So you could even trade with other grades and stuff. And usually the younger kids had like the better stuff because they, well, you know, were pumped with sugar or whatever. So um, <laughs> I remember always trying to trade for like dunkaroos i don't think those exist anymore but uh, they do they, they do, they, do. they brought them back oh. they brought them back yeah there you go so um but yeah so that was definitely a highlight but the one trade that i will forever regret um was the trade i made for um what looked to be very innocently hot peppers Um, and I (laughs) thought, well, I love spicy stuff, so I'm going to be okay with this, like no matter what. And so he traded me for probably like a granola bar or something. And I, like a sucker, took that hot pepper, popped it in my mouth. And I, it was, it was okay for the first few seconds as, as usually spicy stuff is right. So, um, but all of a sudden, like I had trouble thinking, everything started blurring <laughs> as like oh, no. tears just started welling up in my eye and I beelined <laughs> it for the boys bathroom. And I just cranked that faucet and I was there just sucking on water for like the rest of the recess period. <laughs> and I while I was there, I could hear the pitter patter of feet. And I looked over and I took like a brief break. And I saw this this other kid run and do the exact same thing on the faucet next to me. And he was just oh he was boy. just chugging. And I was like, the peppers? And he was like, yeah. <laughs> and then just got back to slurping. And that's where we we were both compadres of the same um, sucker deal. And we... You guys yeah. done been had. Yes. Yeah. I, so I would like to summarize that story 
by saying Greg's black market elementary commerce was <laughs> was la- laced with something crazy. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So oh, that's good. yeah. And so now I don't actually really like spicy stuff anymore. So um, oh. that that kind of like I think I think that was the day that it, I was like, nope. I think it's not worth the risk at all. So um, and I will I. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever probably take a pepper from a friend or stranger ever again. So <laughs> <laughs> learn my lesson good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, we definitely had trades happening at school during lunchtime. I did not grow up that far from my elementary school. So it was about a five minute walk from my house. And it's the same school that me and all three of my siblings went to and it's the same school that my mom and her two siblings had gone to because we all live they lived in the same neighborhood that we were living in growing up in and so it was a very familiar place and we didn't worry about walking home by ourselves at lunchtime so there was never reason really for us to take lunches to school but we would have the occasional day where mom and dad would both be gone and so we'd take a lunch and and I really liked sardines when I was a kid, so that Ew. was always a disappointment to the lunchroom when I would like crack open a can of sardines <laughs> like midway through the lunch break. Ugh. What a psychotic <laughs> child! You're horrible. Well, I still enjoy sardines, but I don't just eat them raw out of the can anymore. And you right? can't so... eat them in my home. Okay. <laughs> <Gross>. Noted. <laughs> but we would do things like hot lunches as well that I would try to beg my parents to let me pay for to stay for because it was you can buy a slice or two or three of pizza and then you can also get a donut add-on or a chocolate milk or white milk add-on and and so that was always just a treat to be able to stay for those we didn't stay for every single one I think they did one I want to say once a month but that might be too often it might only been once every two or three months but it was a thing throughout my entire elementary school experience. And uh, I should note, in case people listening went to different schools of different age ranges, ours was from kindergarten all the way up to grade eight. And the, sh- the school was kind of shaped, built in a U shape. And so we had a-, a wing that was for kindergarten to grade four, and then another wing, which we called the senior end for grade five to grade eight. So there was definitely, it was like two schools kind of conjoined in the middle by the main entrance, which you never used to get into the school unless it was a special event. So it definitely felt like two separate schools that were just sharing a, a, a space, much how I assume it feels nowadays when you have a, a Catholic and public school that are built sharing the same gym or communal activity space. But anyways, once you got to the senior end in grade five, the grade five teacher was the one that ran the milk selling table each lunch and that's how they made extra money uh for school activities and sports equipment and stuff like that is that they would sell i thought you were gonna say they ran this milk racket and that's how they made extra money because teaching (laughs) wasn't good enough (laughs) and when kids weren't watching they'd sneak ghost peppers into the milk ghost peppers yeah (laughs) no but that was something that if we were staying for lunch we had the option to help run that or man that table for the lunchtime and so for whatever reason it was really fun to take people money and punch a little hole on their punch card and kids would come up and buy a new punch card and you could buy punch cards of 10 or 20 milks and there was kids that stayed for lunch every day 
right? So this was a fun and interesting thing for me, a kid who just always went home for lunch. So yeah, that was, those are kind of like my lunchtime experiences. Yeah, I also went home for lunch, but I think I beat you there on the closeness to school because our house was directly across the street from the playground attached to the school. Like there was an opening in the gate for the playground and that like lined up with our driveway. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like the world's shortest commute. Um, I had friends whose house was the same way. Yeah, because we lived so close to the school, we would come home for lunch all the time. Right. Um, But once a year, uh, we would invite the teacher um, from each of our classes over to my parents' house, and they would both be home um, for us to have lunch with the teacher. They would, like, plan that ahead to, like, schedule one day where we would invite them over. And that is where uh, my parents, predominantly my mother, I'd say, uh, taught me the handy-dandy trick that if your teacher really likes you, you tend to get better grades. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's and interesting. You could talk to any of my classmates from elementary school or high school, and I was such a teacher's pet. I, I sucked up a lot to the teachers, but I also like legitimately became friends with basically every single teacher that I had in elementary school and high school. That's too good. And uh, yeah. I, uh, I would spend time, like, after school just, like, chatting with the teachers and asking them about their day and things like that. And uh, I, I do believe that it had an effect on my grades. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did also try to be personable with my teachers, but I don't think in elementary school I thought ever thought far enough in advance to... Like we, I don't think we ever had any of our teachers over to our house for, for meals or anything. My, my parents would have people that they knew from their workspaces over for, uh, you know, near Christmas time. Oh, bring your whole family over and have meals with our family. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that's a stick that in your back pocket. If you've got kids and, uh, in a couple of years, (laughs) you're worried about their grade three GPA. (laughs) (laughs) yep who's your math teacher invite them for lunch (laughs) yeah i guess like when it came to like uh relationships and like kind of developing friendships with yeah like teachers and stuff i think for me um like i had a grade three and grade four teacher who um like he was he he was one of the older teachers there at the school. Um, but he was like such a nice guy, like incredibly gentle and, um, very like kind to all the students and, um, and showed like a genuine interest in them. Like, I just remember like rambling onto him about this, uh, left behind book series that I was reading as, you know, the, the kids series and like, I went to a Catholic elementary school and this this left behind book series is written from like like Protestant, uh, like evangelical, fairly conservative perspective, you know, quite different from like the Catholic perspective on on um, on that. And so even though it's like a fictional book and I was just explaining all these things to him and he would just like nod and, you know, ask questions (laughs) and just, you know, like he wouldn't necessarily be like. 
I, I don't think that's quite the right interpretation of that. You know, like he, he you know, he was very, very <laughs> generous in that way and um, was, yeah, always willing to listen. And I think for me, I think that was really foundational in the sense that um, I appreciated those teachers in my life who actually were teaching because they enjoy teaching, for one thing, um, and were also just passionate about the students and wanting them to succeed and about developing like genuinely like solid relationships with with their students. And so because uh, I think it was it's through that that you can really like start to trust them and what they're saying and that like um, you understand that like these things that they're teaching you are important and like. Yeah. And it actually like drives you to do better in their class. And so mm-hmm. and it just makes it more interesting because, you know, that they're not teaching you something that 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 they, you know, wouldn't want to teach or at least they're teaching in a way that they want to teach. Right. And so mm-hmm. um, that would that that was really foundational. And I remember this one particular teacher, um, he would also he would always read this book to us called Where the Red Fern Grows. Have you guys heard of this book? Yes. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've heard of it. But it's like it's it's like this this and it's it was a really well written book and he read it both in grade three and also we requested it in grade four. But it's a book that just like it when you reach the part in the story that like is really well known for everybody who's read the book. Everyone is just like weeping in the classroom, like girls, boys. And it's just like this, like emotional book. But yeah, like he was just I think that kind of teacher that was like um, just willing to like share like good stories and like really develop in us just like also a passion for even like I know poetry was a big thing in his class and just like kind of getting in touch with like kind of your thoughts and emotions and just being able to kind of express yourself. And so I think it was in those classes that I definitively learned like, yeah, like this is how it is to grow up. This is what it's like to be human. And it was just like a well-rounded experience, even though it was just like grade three and grade four. So there were some very like foundational years um, through that teacher. And so I don't take any of that for granted. So I know Holly has a story or two or three about what happens when a teacher is very uninterested in even being around (laughs) children (laughs) that she could speak to. That's true. But those are all from high school. So if you want to do a high school episode, I could save them. Okay. Unless you want me to say them them now. (laughs) Nah, save them. We'll table it. Okay. Um, I want to talk a little bit about extracurricular activities. And I think for elementary school, there might not be a whole lot to choose from, but I will start by mentioning some of the sports that I was involved in because, and remember that this is elementary school. So it's much less impressive when you're not realizing, oh, wait, this isn't high school at all. Um, But I was involved in a volleyball team for a couple of years. We did that. I think that must have been grade six and grade seven. I was involved with basketball in grade seven and grade eight. In grade five, I joined the wrestling team for the, I believe, the one and only year that it existed. (laughs) And we didn't. It wasn't because of me. (laughs) Um, broke wrestling. But, but we had our teacher in grade five was very keen to give it a shot and see if it could work. And I think it was a slightly new thing in other elementary schools. 
And so as a result, um, I'm not sure if they had multiple years of wrestling, but we didn't have a huge turnout for wrestling in our school. And so I think that's probably one of the reasons attributed to why it didn't last terribly long. But that was fun. And the longest running thing that I took a part of, pun intended, was <laughs> track and field and in collaboration with that cross country. The way that it worked at my school was track and field was the event that happened in the spring and early summer of each year. And cross country was the long distance running events that happened in the fall at the beginning of each of the new school years because it was colder out and and they didn't have access to sports fields like they did in the spring and summer. And so I slowly worked my way up from I think starting in grade five and carried through until at the end of high school. But I did the longer distance, you know, one or two kilometer running events or however long they were allowed to let us run for in elementary school. And then in the spring and summer, I would do primarily, again, the long distance running track events where you would have to do eight laps. But I also did dabble for a year or two here and there in long jump and sprints, 60 meter, 80 meter, and I think four by 100 races or something like that. Again, that all was much more impressive in high school than it was when we were in elementary school, but that's definitely where I got that kickstart and really started to love the running aspect just for whatever reason. I really dug into that as opposed to volleyball, basketball, football, any of those kinds of sports kind of lost interest in that after a year or two. So, yeah, I also did. Um, my elementary school ended in uh, grade eight and then high school started in grade nine. And uh, I also did every sport under the sun <laughs> in elementary school. And then as soon as high school hit, I promptly realized that I was horrible at all of them. <laughs> <laughs> and clung to the only one that I was good at, which was just cross country. <laughs> Everything else I was dreadful at, but sure enough, I tried it. Like in elementary school, I did basketball and volleyball and badminton and track and field and whatever my school had to offer, basically. I uh, am from Alberta. And so school elementary ends at grade six and then there's junior high from grade seven to nine, and then high school is from 10 to 12. Um, and so if I'm putting myself in where your guys' elementary ends, then in junior high, I played volleyball and basketball and badminton and soccer and all of them, everything. And everybody, because it was a small town, everybody had to do something in track Nobody was exempt. Um, <laughs> so funny. I did several of those things, shot put and uh, I don't know if I ever did javelin, but I did shot put and discus and I think the 100 meter dash because running is terrible. <laughs> so I chose this shortest one <laughs> and lost. So because running is terrible, <laughs> but all the other things, if you're running <laughs> after a ball or something or to like take somebody else out, then that's fine. The running for no reason is just horrifyingly boring. Yeah, I think for me, I didn't do too much extracurricular stuff. Like I know for a fact that I'm not good at sports. I might be tall. <laughs> I might look like I could, you know, 
do have done basketball as an elementary kid. But uh, nay, nay, I was not good at that, nor was I good at soccer or uh, baseball or any any of those kind of things. So um, I think I, I probably like enjoyed kickball, which is like baseball, but with the big I think it's just with the with that big rubber ball, right? Yeah, you just have yeah. to kick the ball. Yeah, like that one was kind of fun um, because it didn't require me to swing a bat and hit a ball with a stick. So uh, (laughs) I felt like I actually had a bit bit better chance of kicking the ball. And (laughs) you still get the thrill of baseball when like the bases are loaded and, you know, you can bring your team home or whatever. So um, so that was fun. But like, yeah. And and I think for the most part, probably running was my best shot um, because there was very few rules. Um, you just, you just, you just keep running and keep breathing. Uh, my only problem was I realized I had developed asthma and at least mild (laughs) asthma. And so then that also put a bit of a wrench into the whole, the, a wrench into the whole like breathing thing. So, um, I was kind of (laughs) down one for two. So, um, yeah, I, I, I was not a sportsy person. That's probably why I ended up reading and uh, becoming more of a, I guess, a nerd that way. But um, yeah, like give me a book and I'll read a read about like a sports story. But like I can never <laughs> you can never put me in one. Um, yeah. Were there really ever any other activities to do in elementary ish, junior high age schooling other than sports that was before or after school like i know we had before and after school programs at our elementary school for kids again whose parents lived farther away and had to drop the kids off at school earlier and pick them up later there's you know like a 45 or hour buffer time on each side of the school day it was kind of like babysitting a little bit but that's not really outside of sports i don't know that there was any other activities yeah there was a few programs that i was in so I joined uh, the chess club for a short period of time to try that out. Uh, Me too. And so that was that was after <laughs> school, I believe. And then I also was in a sign language club Ooh, that's where cool. we had a sign language instructor who would teach us. And I believe that was an after school program. That would actually have nice. been helpful. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> skill. That's okay, a whole I just, other all language. I remember from it is turtle. <laughs> oh <Yep>. dear! <laughs> uh, if 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 you're listening to this podcast, just Google the sign language word for turtle. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely remember doing chess club during lunch hour, and that. But that was for like a brief stint. I think it was just for like that year. It was open, and then I maybe they just didn't have enough interest or something. But um, I do remember drama. That was one thing where uh, being a part of a play um, and there was be after school practices and stuff. I remember I was one of the characters in the play and I had such qualms. I was it was it was my first mental ethical crisis um, as to like, (laughs) mom, dad, am I allowed to say the word darn it? You know, like, like, is that too close to a swear? Was this Oklahoma? (laughs) What was that? Were you doing Oklahoma? No, nah, it was it was the Prairie Godmother. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah. So, and it was like this like fable yes. thing, anyways. But yeah, I have a line in there where I'm like, "Darn it, Pearl!" And uh, as I'm 
saying darn it to my wife. So in the play. So you had yeah. a, a problem with the almost swear, but you didn't have a problem with the fact that acting itself is lying entirely. No, not at all. Or that you were no. an elementary school aged kid who was pretending to have a wife. Yeah, no, nope, <laughs> not at all. I was, I was just fine with that. So oh, yeah. that's funny. I also very much developed a enjoyment and later on again into high school and, and afterwards uh, a bit of a passion or a, a bug for drama. And a lot of that probably stemmed from my parents' push of all of us kids to be able to do at least a little bit of something that was musical, whether that was taking piano lessons or guitar lessons or, I mean, they probably would have let us do singing lessons or something if we had really, really wanted to do that. But my dad was involved for a number of years with a local theater troupe and they would do productions every year. And so from when I was old enough to kind of understand the responsibility behind that and the showmanship of that, I was all in for that kind of a thing. So in grade eight, which is the last year of my elementary school experience, we put on a show of Annie, but it was one of those shows where they rewrite the script for younger aged kids. So it was actually called Annie Jr. And it was, I think, just a little bit less long and just a little bit less elaborate and just catered a little bit more to younger performers. But I got to be Daddy Warbucks, if you're familiar with the story of Annie. And so I made the brave, brave decision to shave my head, unlike my other cast double, which there were two casts for the whole run of the show. I think we did two or three performances each and he got a bald cap put on and it didn't look terrible, but I thought I'm going to go all in. I'm going to do this right. And so I did it (laughs) and it was fun and it was itchy for the first couple of weeks into the summer when (laughs) the hair was growing back. And, uh, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Well, it's commitment. I wish there was drama in, in my elementary school. We had the core class, which I was involved in, um, but there was no extracurricular drama until high school. My school is very small and had no extracurriculars other than sports. Zero. Even court, like you were that, saying. Yeah, a, that sounds like a small town. Yeah, uh, there weren't. there wasn't even any fine arts for your core classes, like at school. No art or drama or anything. Just school, school, and sports school. Well, I think that it would be just fitting for this retrospective episode for us to close with maybe one thing. Let's say one thing that stands out that was a completely unique experience, if you can kind of think of it off the top of your head from your elementary or junior high days. I can kick us all off, and that's when I won the chance during a raffle for a school fun night that was raising funds for, again, equipment or something like that for the school playground, the chance to be principal for a day. And so I got to dress up and sit in the principal's (laughs) office for the whole day and play games on his computer and make decisions about some of the equipment that I thought would be good for the classrooms to acquire for their little equipment buckets. Each classroom had a separate one. And the principal took my spot 
in my classroom for the day. And that's <laughs> Oh no way. Commend- that's fun. I, I look back and I commend him for that because that would try wow. my patience nowadays. So <laughs> that's my thing. I'm just imagining just like that's crazy. A little Chris just all like dressed up with like a suit and tie wearing the glasses and just like sitting in a chair that like you have to kind of push up all the way to uh, to just reach it so that your, like, your head goes over top of it. Like, ah, uh, that, that's great. I, I borrowed my dad's tie that had Dino and Fred Flintstone on it. And it was great. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I th- think for me, what I remember... I do remember one that it's it's kind of the um, it, it was another lunch hour experience, but this one was actually planned by the school and not uh, brought upon myself. And um, so what this experience was, was in order to kind of give students an idea of how the world is in terms of like poverty and stuff, they had only like a few select people have like happy meals in the middle and they were be able to eat their cheeseburgers and like open their toys or whatever, like just in front of everyone. And then you'd have another set of people that would get like, um, like soup and like a, a, a bun. And so they'd be another kind of smaller group of people on the outer circle. And then they, you'd have the very, very outer circle would be all the people who I think they would just get like, just like a small, like, piece of bread like not even like a whole piece of bread but like just like maybe a ripped part of it and they would represent then like a a mass majority of the world that like lives in poverty it was kind of to show the imbalance of um kind of wealth and sort of i guess the the idea that we are in kind of that top like you know one percentile Mm -hmm. of the world that is like is actually wealthy and so um and i think that was a very yeah like that was a pretty memorable experience because it kind of stuck in my mind as um to kind of recognize like like where i am in a privileged spot and um and yeah to recognize that there is great need in the world um it's one of those things that uh it's easy to kind of think of ourselves just in the north american bubble and to sort of let that part of the world um pass us by but yeah. So, um, yeah. So I don't know. It was just like a really good, a good memorable experience in that regard. But as for what it has done for me, I mean, I'm not obviously solving world hunger at the moment. I'm sitting in a very nice house, you know, <laughs> um, with food in the fridge and all of that. So, um, so yeah, I guess it's just more of a matter of kind of like recognizing and being thankful for where I am, but also maybe being mindful for the future, you know, going forward as to, to what I can do. So. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm not sure if this is like the most memorable thing from elementary school, but one cool project that I was involved in in elementary school where we had a, um, it was some sort of like a business class. It was interesting. But in elementary school where we looked at different business models and business plans, and at some point you'd had to like actually start up a, a small business and then we nice. sold things during the playground fun uh, i think i sold bracelets if i recall but you had to come with like branding and everything it was a lot of fun but before that we were researching businesses and how they got started and like how they like find their demographic and things like that and so i chose to do my business as uh jerry's the ice cream and burger place that recently closed down in Saskatoon. Oh, yeah. Um, I know. So, oh, boy. 
And so I did my whole project on Jerry's um, and we I did a taste testing of like Jerry's ice cream versus other ice cream. And we also had to mm-hmm. do um, a verbal presentation as part of that class. And uh, here's where that second after the teacher uh, part gets real good. Um, okay. But uh, my mom <laughs> called Jerry's j- to let them know that I was doing this presentation all about their company at my elementary school class and like if they had anything that they wanted to share like some ice cream or some stickers or something like that and uh Jerry from Jerry's came to my class <laughs> with ice cream for all the kids famous <laughs> and like gave a presentation about him and his company and stuff like that nice. but I was the coolest kid that, Just for, getting for other people to do the work fame, for bringing in Jerry from Jerry's. Are you sure you didn't get in the Star Phoenix? Because like at this point, like yeah. how do you get that kind of you know? This this other girl was vindicated <laughs> yeah. by what she did. <laughs> crazy, crazy, crazy. Oh dear, still wasn't cool though. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't have anything terribly memorable because, like I said, I don't actually remember my past i do remember um just i guess a shout out to my teacher mrs peterson because uh after my mom passed she made like a significant effort to make sure that i was okay and i remember going out for lunch with her um at tim hortons of all places i have no idea where we were cameras or something um and that's not that weird because it's a small town, so your parents know all your teachers and your teachers know all your parents. And right, yeah. It's, it's not as weird as it would be in the city. <laughs> um, but it's yeah. still significant. Uh, but it was really significant because she uh, made an effort in my life. And that's... I remember uh, that Tim Hortons had chili that came in a bowl that was made of bread. And that's all. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I think I might she, vaguely she, remember that as well. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds delicious. Yeah. But yeah, so if for nothing else, shout out to the teachers that care and put effort into their students' lives, however little or much that they are able to. Mm-hmm. I know that everybody's home life looks different and everybody's personal lives are different. And so we see you know, the teacher for a few hours each day and we feel like we know who they are. But I think often as kids, especially, we don't really understand the amount of effort that they go through, that they go to, to set up the the whole year for us in advance. So, mm-hmm. well, I think that's all that we've got for you folks today. You can find us on many podcast services now. Just check out our profile on anchor.fm slash housebound, and there'll be a full list of all the platforms where you can find us and subscribe to us. Also rate us on that service and leave comments and reviews because that really helps bring up our profile and make it stand out amongst all of the other millions of podcasts that are out there. And that would help us and do us a great favor. We really appreciate it. You can also check us out on Facebook at the Housebound Podcast. And we'll be posting little snippet videos from our episodes and other information as we go along from there. 
We look forward to spending more time with you in the future. We'll probably do an episode about high school since there seem to be a lot of things that I thought about and Holly mentioned, and I'm sure Greg and Ashlyn have as well, of high school, young adult, pre-post-secondary experiences. So why not make this like a triple, not actual episode altogether, but three related episodes? (laughs) We'll just do them out of order. Okay? Sounds good. (laughs) Sounds good. Super. Perfect. (laughs) 